0: This episode of FileMaker Talk is sponsored by FM Pug and the DevCon Scheduler. Okay, Scheduler, who am I kidding? Available free at devconscheduler.com. Redesigned for 2010, it's fast and looks amazing. See the entire DevCon schedule, sessions, speakers, exhibitor specials, events, and much more. Save your personal schedule and connect with your friends. If you can't attend, use the scheduler to keep your finger on the pulse today and right through the show. Andy Gaunt and the team at DNG have gone absolutely out of their way to make this an amazing product. So go on, head to devconscheduler.com and register now for free and stay ahead of the curve. Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navar. Today my guest is John Sindler. Welcome, John. Hey there. You've been on a few times before, but now you and I are working on some stuff. So I came up to Seattle, and it's always great to do these podcast interviews face-to-face. It is. It is.
1: I mean, the first time we did this coding was the first version of search results, right? We worked in your office for a couple of hours, a couple of days, getting that first version polished up.
0: Right. Yeah, that was in my place in Portland, and then then I came up to Seattle. So this is great to work together. Yeah, it's nice. So today I wanted to talk about a few things. So we've got... um, Recently, uh, the FileMaker 11 v2 update came out, and along with all the bug fixes, there's actually one behavior change, which is I'm really thrilled about, and that's the new um, merge variable feature. Right. So before, if you had
1: a global variable and you put a merge variable on a layout, if that variable was empty, you saw sign your variable name, which was kind of lame. And now they've fixed it. So if the variable's blank, you see nothing.
0: So I think their, their rationale behind it was if you made a blank variable, they wanted to make it easy to see that you didn't populate it correctly. Right. But that means you had to have a script or something that populated it with a blank, with a space or something like that. And programmers thought, no, if it's null, it should just be empty. That's enough That's clue. Like, and, right. That's the way a merge field works, right? If the merge field has got no content in it, you don't see the field name on the layout, that would suck. So I'm really thrilled about this behavior change. I don't really follow it under bug fix. And, and it's, it, I think it's really neat when FileMaker actually, in a V release makes a behavior change and doesn't wait till the next version so i'm, I'm really happy yeah i file under
1: filemaker listening i mean they they took a lot of flack about this um and you know had their reasons right but basically they heard the will of the people and changed their mind i wish they would hear a little more the will of the people and expose maybe variable repetitions in that uh, merge variable but no this is great i mean filemaker does listen when they make when they make a misstep
0: But let's talk about um, filtered portals. You have some interesting takes on this. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like a huge thing, but I, I think that really is the sleeper feature in 11.
1: Um, it, when I first saw them, I thought that, well, you know, I'm filtering portals with calcs now. Now I can use this built-in feature. This is, not, this is nothing new. But what's turning out to be new is that I'm really replacing a lot of stuff on the graph with the filtered portal. So, I think a common instance is you have like an invoice and some line items, and then you have this selected line item. And the selected line item has a bunch of stuff hanging off of it on the graph, right? The order, the, the product it's attached to, maybe it's product history. or So you tend to have these kind of two parallel sections of your graph, right? You have the invoice, its line items, and those products. Right. And then you have the selected invoice, the selected line items, and its products.
0: Right. So usually what we did is you'd, have, you'd click on a line item, and that would run a script that would set a global field, and then you'd have another relationship based on a global field? Exactly, right? So you kind of have these two. And with the filtered portals, you, you don't need that anymore, right? So you've
1: already... the, the relationship is already true for the invoice for the line items on the invoice but the filtered version is true for that plus the additional filter criteria of the item being selected um which is really great so now the the graphs at least the graphs in which i'm using this are really staying simple um and uh you know i i I think that's a good thing i mean we when when the filtered portals first came out people were talking about speed because they they do kind of evaluate that filter calc against the contents of the portal but if you think about the portal instead of like a filtered portal, but maybe a further filtered portal or a refined portal. Mm-hmm. So I would not I would never show like all records in the database and have the filter criteria be the only thing that restricts the contents, right? That portal's already got some fairly restricted contents. Um, in those situations, it's working really well. And now we have this little technique for doing aggregates against it, like showing sum and, and uh, average and stuff, which there's no native way to do that. But if you just wrap those... Summary fields in another filtered portal, filtered by the same criteria. You know they work, so you can get like the sum of a filtered portal. Wait, run that by me again. Yeah. So normally, if you uh, had a portal of your invoice line items, right, and then you have a a, a, calc, field. a calc field in the invoice that's the total of those, right? Sure. Um, if you filter the portal, that calc doesn't change because the calc's running across the relationship. Exactly. Right. So at first, this seems like a limitation. Well turns out that if you, instead of a calc in the parent table, like in the invoice, you create a summary field in the child table, like a sum of the total, as if you were running a report. You can show that on the parent record, as long as it's wrapped in the same filter criteria as the portal, that sum works. And I like this because it actually seems much more natural. So now when I'm making a new data table, I know that all I need to do is put in the assets, right, the invoice, key, the name, the date, whatever, and a single sum for all the relevant you know, numerical stuff. And I'm done. I know that with that sum field and filtered portals, I can get any parsing that I need done, which, again, is keeping my data files or data
0: tables simpler. That's really cool. I don't know if I would have guessed that that would have worked that way. And did it, I don't know if it, if it used to work that way, did it? Um, I believe it does work on a non-filtered portal the same way. I mean, did, could you use a sum field like that, a summary field uh, as a line item in a portal outside of the... You know, the way you're describing, could you, could you have done that in seven or eight or nine?
1: I believe so, yeah. As long as the summary field is in a portal of the same criteria, then yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's neat. Um, so those calcs are coming out of our invoice tables, right? And summary fields are moving into our invoice line items table, which feels much more natural to me, much more file-maker-y. Um, file maker FileMaker-y. yeah, That's the whole <laughs> that's the thing, right? That's one of my litmus tests, right? Is what is what I'm doing file makery or am I off on my own building my own little abstraction layer or framework? And you know, I try to do
0: less of that and kind of stick with what's file makery. <laughs> I, I I'm so down with that in the same way. Yeah. yeah. I know you are. I like I that. think it has so much you, you you come against so much less resistance if you sort of try to go with the flow as opposed to inventing and if you can work within what the way sort of FileMaker was designed to what it wants to do then you have you just so many you have so many fear of support issues
1: absolutely i had a, a developer friend peter de uh, from michigan and he would compliment somebody by saying that they they knew what filemaker meant and it's true if you kind of get this sense of like what filemaker is is intending for things then i think that when we look at somebody who kind of gets filemaker that's really what we're talking about that they 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 know how to write in a way that's in line with kind of It'll, it'll break the way FileMaker breaks, which Ray. is okay, right?
0: And it'll succeed the way FileMaker succeeds. And it's, it's cool. Yeah, You know, Ray Culligan really starting to understand this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really yeah. pleased at how young Ray is coming along. Little All right. right. <laughs> you
1: know, he, um, he and uh, Catherine stayed uh, after DevCon. Was DEVCON. Yeah, after DEVCON, stayed a couple of days late. And it, it really cleared out um, last year, but I got to spend a whole day with them, just kind of hanging out and chatting and talking about her move uh, out there and about FileMaker and man, it was uh, it was excellent. It was one of my one of my best days talking to somebody about the business. He's a he's a really and not just about FileMaker, like a, a very emotionally intelligent guy. Really, man, it was great.
0: Yeah, he's got firing on all cylinders. His woodworking stuff is. Every bit as amazing as his FileMaker stuff, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I, there is like a whole woodworking FileMaker nexus, right?
0: A little bit. And also like a photography FileMaker nexus. Oh, for sure. That, that really came out of pause. Everybody walking around with their
1: little cameras dangling
0: around their neck. Or big cameras. Big, well, yeah. Ernest had, had his Matt, real, real gear there. Matt's always wanted to talk about size. <laughs> yeah, on to the next topic. <laughs> Which is
1: Zulu. Tell me, what what is Zulu? Zulu is a server-side plugin for FileMaker that lets FileMaker server operate as an iCal server or a CalDAV server. So iCal clients like iCal on the desktop or the calendar on your iPhone, the calendar on your iPad can see your FileMaker server just like they see things like Google Calendar or MobileMe. So if you make a record in FileMaker, it shows up in iCal or the calendar on your phone. And most importantly, if you edit a record in the calendar on your iPhone, you're editing the FileMaker record directly, not syncing with it or anything like that. It's FileMaker server is acting like a, a CalDAV server. Yeah. Acting like,
0: or actually is a CalDAV server. Well, I guess it is a CalDAV server, yeah. right? Yeah. That's really cool. So the the obvious clients that you just mentioned are... In the 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 obvious Mac ones because I think that sort of standard grew up on the Mac. What are uh, the the really huge clients for Windows? Well, there are a lot, but the support is less consistent. So Google Calendar
1: understands CalDAV, but only as a client. It can only read the information. So Google Calendar can see your FileMaker server. You can see your FileMaker records in Google Calendar, but you can't manipulate them. Mm. Um, you also can't do some of that great stuff. Google lets you do like uh, paste or embed a calendar in your website, right? That, that only works with kind of Google resonant calendars. So mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't fully support the Caldap spec. Um, Sunbird is the Windows client that does fully support the Caldap spec, but it's just kind of a weird, a weird client. But all those little widgets like for Confabulator and for you know, anything that kind of can consume an iCal file can um, work with Zulu. But not like Outlook and not a Microsoft thing yet? Yeah, so the Outlook story is something we're still working on. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that that's going to work uh, two way. I am more confident that, that Outlook will be able to consume it and so display stuff in Outlook from FileMaker, but I, I don't know if we're going to be able to edit back. The uh there's a bunch of kind of Outlook plugins for iCal, and it's, so we're relying on some third party stuff there, and I don't, I don't, I don't really have a great story there yet.
0: This, I, I tell you, this whole Zulu thing is totally amazing. I mean. I'm so looking forward to seeing how this blossoms and blooms, you know, how did you, um, who are you working on this with and how did the idea come about? So the
1: idea came out at pause on air, uh, Jesse, um, and Sam, Jesse Barnum and Sam Barnum from 360 works told me that they thought they could do this. And we'd actually been talking with them for years about doing something to get up to Google calendar or get up to iCal, um, because they knew that, you know, we're doing seed code calendar and they're doing plugins. And we always just kind of had this agreement that like, wow, if any of us figures out a way to do this, let's get together. So we thought it might work at pause, kind of like sketched it out. And then it turns out that Jesse and I were in the airport together on the way to DevCon, uh, last DevCon. And we shared a cab and instead of going to the hotel, he asked if I wanted to go to his brother's apartment in San Francisco and hang out. We did. We opened our laptops and Sam and Jesse knocked this thing out to the degree that I demoed it in our DevCon session. Two days later, actually editing filemaker records from within iCal. Um, but you know that's the difference between like something that works well and a product is that a year later and we're ready to ship, right? You know, documentation and testing and performance. You know, I had to do a lot of performance tuning, but uh, no, those guys are brilliant and uh, yeah, it's really neat to be working with them. This is the first plugin that Seed Code is is going to be selling. You know, all our other stuff are FileMaker templates. So you know, there are a lot of moving parts and iCAL is this huge object. That the iCAL spec is very big, and uh, so deciding what our feature set's really going to be and then working with those guys on huh, it's, it's been great.
0: So there's the obvious implications of this. If you have a calendar, like for example, if you already are a seed, cal, uh, seed code calendar customer, right. Then you could actually extend your calendar out to to iCal clients. Um, but what are some of the other implications for how this might be used? So what's neat about this is it really um, it works with any filemaker table that has
1: dates in it. So if you have um, a regular table of like invoices due. Right, you could expose that as an iCal source and see those invoice due dates on your iPhone. What's maybe more interesting is that, you know, you can manipulate records in iCal. So let's say that I had a database where I have one record for every machine in my production line, and those machines have a status field that says whether they're over capacity or under capacity. I can expose that as a, a calendar, so that on a given day I can see my machines, and they're color-coded by whether they're over or under capacity, and I can, in iCal, drag one of those events from one calendar to another, and I will have changed that status in FileMaker. So if I take an order on the road and I want to look at my machine and say, yep, I just took machine one offline because it's going to be busy for the rest of the week with this order I just took, I can kind of do that right in my in my calendar. So it, it does make iCal a FileMaker client that's editing FileMaker records just like any other FileMaker client, right? Like PHP, like a browser, or like your like FileMaker client. Um, the only limitation is that this only works with records that have a date attribute to them. So appointments notes you know you were suggesting at breakfast that if i have a database that's just got my activity history with a client i could expose that as iCal. so that maybe my manager can look down and see the sales calls i made today mm-hmm. right because it's an iCal. cal it's one of his calendars or the ones that are scheduled for today or the ones that are scheduled for mm-hmm. today right yeah it's it's
0: it's neat that's really cool. So there's been some early successes too because you've got a, a few customers who are testing this with some heavy-duty stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah, we've been really fortunate, both with
1: our FileMaker Pro calendar that we really released last year and with uh, Zulu. We've just we're finally dialed down this whole beta testing thing and we've gotten some really great and responsive beta testers in this. this woman, Lisa Lemler, who runs the um, IT for the DA's office in Mobile, Alabama. She was a beta tester of Zulu and she has loaded up the entire court schedule for Mobile County, Alabama, into into Zulu, so she's got she's serving about thirty six calendars. Some are for individual judges or DAs. Some are for courtrooms. Some are like prosecution schedules for like a like the child welfare division or whatever. Anyways, all these people now instead of having to log into FileMaker or get reports or sync, they just open up iCal on their desktop or iCal on their phone and they see the the court schedule. And if they make changes, those changes are made in FileMaker. Um, we we rarely get people on our beta teams that put stuff under like really heavy load like that, but now she's and it was nice. She wrote me a really nice paragraph describing kind of like what her successes were and how she got it up and I don't know. She's been the beta team in general has been very generous, but it's nice to know that we have customers that are really putting it under load.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess when I think about beta testing stuff, I'm kind of looking for bugs and sort of testing it a little bit, but generally we don't want to put it into production. You know. Well, this is one of the things we did differently with this these last two rounds of betas. that we asked people to
1: send us the solution they were going to integrate it into and that it had to be customer facing. So, you know, everybody, I mean, we're busy, right? Like, so the fact that, you know, Jeff Coffey, who's a genius, right. Wants to take a look at our software. He's just too busy to like throw it in front of customers, you know, and he he has amazing ideas about ins- interface and stuff, but you really need somebody who's, you know, just going to put it in front of their customers and beat on it. And we've been lucky that way. So it's, it's nice. Um, but uh, it, it's especially important with something like Zulu, you know, we, put the pause on air schedule up on Zulu, you know, back in, in uh, January. So let's say you have hundred people at Pause on Air, right? They've each got an iPhone and an iCal. It's not like FileMaker's instant web publishing where you have to log in to like hit that server. All those iPhones are hitting that server like all day, all night, as long as they're open. You know, it, it really hits FileMaker's server in a different way. So it was really amazing to have Lisa, you know, at the DA, DA's office say that her server's experiencing no slowdown with all these thirty six calendars up and which is, is phenomenal. And she sent us screenshots of these like completely busy iCal pages. No, it, it's it's been really good, and it'll be great to see what
0: people do with it. You know, once these things kind of leave the nest, people put them to all sorts of uses you never intended. That's the most fun thing with a new product is you see what people, uh, you see the things you never would have guessed people do. Yeah, absolutely. So this one's, this is going to be really exciting.
1: The reason Matt came up here is that we can work on the next version of search results. You know, Matt's been doing all these mods for it, and customers have been modding it and requesting things. And Matt's got this huge list of, of stuff that he wants to put in the next version, some of which may make it into the next version. But what's, I mean, what's at the top of your list? What what, do you want, what's do you funny know?
0: is I thought the list was going to be really short, like in my head, but then you and I sat there and talked about it, and there's like 20 things on there. There's like 20 things on there. Some of them are epic. Some of them are kind of eh. Yeah, some of them are kind of minor. Actually, the one that I am really excited about... Um, is one that gets us towards more of a Google-style search. And that's the ability to search on more than one data type. So what what does a search like that look like? So like if you go into Google and you type in uh, John Sindler, Seattle, and then a phone number and some other data, you've got multiple different types of data. Um, Or more specifically, like in a database, you could type in um, a person's name, like John, and a date of birth. And if you do those two things in any kind of a search right now, like in QuickFind or something like that, you're not going to get any results because it's two different types of data. It's just not going to know what to do. It would work if you had a calculated field that concatenated everything, but that's a horrible solution right. that you should never use because it has so many other downsides, so inflexible to, to maintain. And I thought, um, I thought it through, and, and I think there's a way that we can do that um, where we have this sort of looping script that looks at the data, it groups the data by type, and says, oh, well, this, these two words are text. Let's group those together and search all our text fields. This one here is a date. Let's search our date fields. And this one here is a number. And it can do an and search um, with that information. And if that fails, it could do an or search.
1: This is what I love about search results, is that when you say out loud what search results does, I think the reaction of most FileMaker developers is, damn, that's going to be slow. Or, damn, that's complicated. But when you watch search results run, it takes the things that FileMaker is great at scripting, searching on index fields, and just replays them in this in this sophisticated logic. So with it, when you watch search results run, this happens in a blink of an eye. It evaluates these things and widens the search and constrains it in a blink of an eye and returns results like incredibly fast. I mean that's like the magic of it. Uh, I don't know. It tri- I'm, a, I'm a fan.
0: It wasn't the first version uh, didn't work with with instant web publishing. I guess it wasn't really on our radar. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's a huge thing, but w- we got it working today with Instant Web Publishing, and it looked faster than it's ever run before. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it does It does look really fast. It's like, is that, did that just work? Did, let's try another
1: a search term. Is that really working? It was pretty fun the way we got it working, too. I mean, Matt was like, well, just turn off all the error checking at the beginning of the script. So we just like grabbed like half a page worth of lines, disabled them, and
0: bam, it works. So this new multi-parameter or the multi-data type search, which are still kind of... Trying to come up with a better name, that acts no performance hit. It doesn't really slow anything down because it's still just doing, you know, it's it's like a single search request where you're putting in a uh, a value in the name field and a value in a date field and it gets a result and it finds that one result. And what's great about it is it's it sort of goes towards um, increasing the quality of the result because you get what you expect to see. So it gives you relevance.
1: Absolutely. And relevance, that's one of the other features that you, you were thinking about introducing. Different ways to score a record and to sort by relevance. That's yeah,
0: relevance, rele- that's a harder one to do um, because I've been thinking about that. And, and the, the relevance is sort of comes under a, a few different categories. So one way that you can have relevance ranking is um, the record itself has an inherent higher quality. So if you go to Google and you type Apple... A million a pages map perfectly map. exactly match Apple because they have that word in it. Um, however, it always comes up with apple.com as the best link because it is the most relevant link. It knows what you're looking for. Same thing if you type in Microsoft or seed code or whatever, it knows exactly what you want. Um, because it has a, a a hot list of pages that have been accessed a huge number of times, and it knows which page they click on. Because when you search for Apple, what you actually click on is this particular thing. So it also it has some other things they can cheat on, which they have a database of. If you type something in, it knows Result if you presence. click on the third link or the first link or whatever.
1: But you have something like this in FileMaker working in your Orpheus project, right, where you're recording how often a record is viewed and when it was most recently viewed, and you privilege those above other results, right? Right,
0: so that's, so that's that inherent quality thing. Right. So certain records have a higher quality because they have a score associated with the actual end result record, and so those ones are shown first. And then you have another relevance rank type, which is how close to this, does, does this search match what I typed into search for? Yeah. So if you type in John Smith, and there's a John Smith record, and there's a Jonathan Smitherton record, the John Smith record is a more perfect match, but FileMaker really finds those both exactly the same because it's doing a start with that's right. search. That's right. And that's why wrapping FileMaker search and search results is so interesting, because we
1: can we can be a little more clever, right? Because we know the kind of things you're looking for. Um, and then there's the idea that if I search for, you know, Apple Computer in my database and I find Apple Computer in a notes field and I find Apple Computer in a company name field. You know, one of those records is probably a stronger hit,
0: right? Than, yeah, exactly. Than Even the though they're both perfect matches, right. how do you how do you tell, you know, the relative strength of which field it actually found the result in? So it'll be interesting to see if this finds its way into the
1: product or if this becomes kind of one of a library of modifications that customers can make on their own or that they can hire other developers, you know, like yourself or, or, or Todd Geist to make that… You know, we have hooks in FM search results to do these kinds of things, but there may be no generic way of deploying it that works for everybody. So, you know, the, the kind of thing where you can add relevance ranking, but it's not something that's just just baked in, you know, we, we have hooks for relevance. Right. I think that may, might be the way that one ends up.
0: But. I think so too, yeah. Because the relevance rank thing that has the inherent uh, record quality score thing, that Actually requires a structural change to your database. You actually have to have a field that stores that score, and then a sort script that sorts in descending based on that score. Right. And, and we, then some sort of an algorithm that sets that. Yeah. And we want to be sensitive to anything that kind of
1: slows down the currently incredibly easy integration of uh, FM search results that basically just like pops into your file. Um, I think one of the other things you're going to introduce is the ability to run it right from uh, Quick Find, or, like Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so. Uh, Right now, or in the first version of search results, you had to use a global field that you put in the same place on every layout, typically. But, of course, now we've got Quick Find, and you can very easily grab the text that you type into Quick Find, and then just run a script with that. Uh, it's a very simple custom menu that you add. And so that's a, you know, probably, what, a five-minute change?
1: Yeah, if if that. You know, we have an article about how to do it on the site right now. It's on the uh, homepage of seedcode.com and also a standing offer to like add that custom menu for anybody that's not running advanced. And the great thing about that is that even in a straight implementation of search results, what happens when you run quick find now is that instead of just searching the table you're on, you're searching all tables in your database. And by default, you're bringing those results up in a new window, so you're not losing focus where you are. I mean, I use this all the time. I'm, I'm working on an invoice or a project record or something, and I need somebody's phone number or email address or their outstanding balance. I just search for their name in Quick Find. FM search results runs. It brings up that record in a new window. I can see what I'm looking for, their balance or their phone number or whatever, and I don't lose focus at where I am, whereas you know, FileMaker's built-in find and the built-in implementation of QuickLine, it assumes that when you're searching that's all you're doing. It's going to take 100% of database focus and put it on the search. And one of the things I like about FM search results is it kind of keeps search in its place. Maybe the search is a parallel process to something you're already doing. Um, so what, what else are you psyched about adding in there?
0: Well, um, one other thing is a utility. So basically mm. uh, we're trying to also come up with a, a good name for this, but it would be <laughs> It's basically like a picker so if you've got uh let's say you've got a something where you're trying to pick a, a, a doctor who's associated with this particular patient and a, and a and the patient might have several different doctors that they work with and so you've got a a table that just has all the doctor names in it well you want to bring up a little window and it has a search widget that only searches within that one table it doesn't search all right. system wide and then when you do a simple search for dr. Smith and then you see a list of the five Dr. Smith records, and you say, oh, this is the one, Jonas Smith. You click on that record, and it closes out the window. And then maybe all it does is it grabs the, the ID of that record you clicked on and returns, and returns that script. as a yeah. script. And then your script that you have in your solution just says, oh, okay, well now go ahead and create a record in this portal and set that as the ID or something really simple like that. So basically a really, really simple utility that can pop up a window, search a specific table, or just show you all the results in that table. I mean, we build these things all the time,
1: right? We build a contact selector, the project status selector, right? The open invoice selector, all these little mini windows that are right. showing lists of things. Basically, this is what search results does, right? It performs an amazingly quick, fat, quick search um, on a bunch of different criteria, displays the results in a new window and lets you select them. And with some features coming in the new version, maybe a hierarchical display of those results, you can collapse and expand headers. But we were looking at this and we'd both just kind of built little contact selectors in these two projects we're working on. And we were both just kind of like, damn, this is FM search results. I mean, this, we should use that as our, as our picker. Because it, it's so elegant, and it's got this, this beautiful search window at the top of it. So um, yeah. I'm really excited about that. I think that's going be, to be big. Because every time I make one of these little picker things, I do a really good job and make the code very centralized mm. and repurposable and all that. But I, I just have the sense that it's already written. And it turns out it is already written. And we, yeah. You wrote
0: it in FM search results. It, it leverages two things that we've already done that we pretty much can, we can call two of the scripts that exist in search results without changing a line. Yeah. Um, and also the whole display part of it the window that pops up that shows records, that already is totally working.
1: Yeah, and the display of FM search results has always been such a great thing, right? It comes with, like, four skins, and customers, you know, you've seen these screenshots people send, us. customers make all these great little skins for it and make it look like the rest of their solution, and, you know, Nick puts it in base elements, and it looks like it was invented there, it seamlessly integrates with base elements. I mean, yeah, it's this as a picker is going to be a great a great thing to snap into your solution and get rid of the the bloody value lists, you know? When was the last time that you you know, you get a solution over the transom, somebody's like, oh, it's a little slow. I don't know what's, what's going on. Every time I make an invoice, I get a pop-up list of 350,000 alphabetized contacts. You know, you can't pick people from lists like that. You, yeah. you want a little window like this to select contacts or projects or whatever it is. And the great thing about search results is it already knows how to display the contents of any table in your solution. So you, you can use this to select anything. If you have a table of project statuses, you have a table of contacts, doctors, and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. Cool. Cool.
0: So, John, you're doing two sessions at DevCon this year. One of them is going to be your awesome year-in-review thing. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to ask you to give away all the sweet stuff you're going to show there. <laughs> people, have, people have to come see it. But tell me about your other session. So the other session is a sleeper. So um, a year ago, when I pitched this,
1: we hadn't written any code to support it. But I had this idea that when we started doing um, solutions in 11, we'd leave the toolbar showing you know, the status toolbar with the record menu and the quick find and all that stuff, we'd leave that showing in our in, even in our custom work um, because I, I had this sense that we had enough tools now to make that thing behave. And so this session is really going to be about not only how to do that using custom menus Um, actually more script triggers and and stuff than custom menus, but how to do that, but also kind of why to do that, and and the business case for leaving the toolbar showing, even in your custom solutions. And I have to say of like all the things I've been working on for DevCon, this is the thing that I think is gonna be the most um, interesting and the most surprising. And I'll tell you one of the things, I won't mention, give it away completely, but we're closing with a case study uh, of another developer solution. Really uh, amazing piece of code. It's a locked vertical that ships with the toolbar running and his ROI on how much literally how much more money he's making by leaving that toolbar running than by coding his own stuff for it. Hmm. And it's pretty compelling. Um, and, I don't know, we were talking earlier about like uh working with in the way FileMaker wants to work. You know, right. when FileMaker deployed saved finds, right, where did they give that to us? It's in a menu, right? But it's also in the toolbar. Now they've used the toolbar as a canvas to deploy another feature, right? Quick find. I think if we look forward in FileMaker, they're gonna use that as a canvas to deploy other things. And that our generation, which is used to hiding the status toolbar and locking it in all mm-hmm. our work, mm-hmm. is gonna run up against another generation that's gonna expect that thing to be showing, because they're used to it. because quick find in table mode is just too badass for them to, to hide. They, they're going to want it. And so we're going to need to find a way to do the cool things we want to do right? to manage the user's experience, to make uh, buttons and performances discoverable for the users within the context of keeping the toolbar showing. And I think we can do that like writing less code and being more profitable.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a couple of pretty compelling things that I hadn't really thought about, which is that the status toolbar works perfectly in find mode, browse mode, and preview mode. And also on list, form, and table layouts with no extra work. Whereas if you build your own thing, well, first of all, in table mode, you get nothing. Um, That's right. So you get you get a huge amount of stuff for free if you just capture those buttons and make them do what you want to do with scripts bending the toolbar to your
1: will is about half the presentation right well what are the techniques to make this thing act the way you want it to, to act and then some of it is kind of how and strategies and stuff and i tell you one of the things about in the toolbar that we use the most in our custom solutions is the layout menu you know navigating from layout to layout now that we have layout folders wow that looks like a really sophisticated navigation system i mean i remember you know when I was in in my previous life, we would build very elaborate custom menus using plugins that look just like the layout navigation tool that already works that already respects access privileges right that has already been focus grouped right that works in different languages i mean like Filemaker is putting so much effort into getting that toolbar, whatever you think about it right whether you think it looks cool or you know and there 's definitely ending the presentation ends with kind of a wish list of things I wish filemaker would kind of take the next step on in the toolbar but Um, whatever you think of it, they have thought that thing out and it it works. And if you want to take on all that burden and write your own, you know, more power to you, but I'd like to challenge you with this presentation that you're not going to write a better one that with a, with a little, a little, uh, insight into how to bend this thing to your will. It's an amazing, uh, part of your solution.
0: Awesome. Now, none of our listeners need to go to your presentation,
1: (laughs) a small room where we can have an intimate discussion would be welcome. (laughs) I was joking. Yeah. Now it'll be cool. Nobody's going to come anyways, man. Leave this. The toolbar showing it's got to be the lamest topic on the list next to quick find
0: (laughs) which is your other session oh
1: (laughs) oh snap (laughs) no are you excited about devcon this year
0: i am yeah there's going to be some some really cool stuff i i don't know uh, i guess i'm always excited about devcon you know because it's so it's so great just to see all of our colleagues and catch up and the social and all that stuff san diego is going to be an awesome location i think so I'm excited
1: about. it. I'm always excited about the kind of off the off cycle DevCons, right? So they're not announcing a new version of FileMaker, right? They announced you know 11 came out, and now we have what have we done with 11? I, I always love those because right. you know people have had the product and can actually you know do stuff with it, which means the keynote is not going to be them telling us about the new features they've just implemented.
0: The right. keynote's going to be them showing off a bunch of badass stuff. Well, we don't know what they're going to come out. They're probably going to come out with like FileMaker for Android god yeah i'm sure that's i'm sure that's the case
1: <laughs> i've been told i'll be able to run filemaker on my small casio watch that, that'll be awesome it will be amazingly awesome the one button solution
0: i want to run it on my uh on my ipod uh nano also <laughs> matt found an a old ipod
1: my wife like refuses to get new technology he Found an old ipod in my wife's car and he acted like he'd found
0: a brick cell phone from 1982 he's like god this thing's gigantic it was a mini an (laughs) ipod mini i know and you thought it was huge like a brick i remember when i first got one i thought man this thing is so cool it's so small i know it's ridiculous awesome well thanks very much for talking to me oh thanks man it's good nice chat with you